Please be seated. A couple of years ago, my lady wife, Sage, known to many of you, did something that was out of character for her, and I share this with her permission. She came home every day from work complaining about a colleague, a woman who was manipulative, controlling, annoying, pain in the whatnot, etc., etc. And she complained every day for about two weeks, and this, the hapless object of her dissatisfaction was extremely frustrating to her, and after a while I was feeling her pain, as they say. <laughs> and that is until I said, darling, that woman needs to give her heart to Jesus. It was, it was meant to be funny, and it was to us. But as I've thought about the incident since, I realized that while the language of giving our hearts to Jesus or inviting Jesus into our heart is not really our language, it's not a bad summary, in some ways, of what we need to be about when we hear today's scriptures. Bear, in mind, bear that in mind as we think about Baruch. Now, Baruch is someone with whom you may not be familiar. It's a book from the Apocrypha. We don't read it very often. Baruch was the name of Jeremiah's secretary, and some of the aspects of the book bear remembrance and relation to the words of the great prophet. Today we hear a vision of Israelites in exile coming home in glory. Jerusalem is to see her people gathered from every corner of the world. They went out from you on foot, led away by their enemies, but God will bring them back, carried in glory as on a royal throne. The ground will be flattened, hills will be brought low and valleys filled so that the exiles can walk home swiftly and safely in the glory of God, shaded by fragrant trees. Now this is the same image that we hear from Isaiah in the mouth of John the Baptizer. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, flatten the ground so that the exiles can come home swiftly and safely. God is about to act to bring his people home from their many places and experiences of exile. No longer will you be strangers in a strange land, is the good news proclaimed by John. In time, Jesus will call you friend. This is the promise about to be fulfilled. As surely as God brought you out of bondage in Egypt and into the land of promise, so God will bring you home from exile to that place where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sighing but life everlasting in the language of our burial liturgy. I cannot picture this image of the exiles coming home without thinking of the images we have seen in recent months of the great migration that is going on today. You've seen the footage. Hundreds of thousands of migrants fleeing violence, seeking refuge in lands they believe are filled with promise. And I cannot picture these souls fleeing unspeakable violence without also remembering that same violence intruding into all of our lives every day. Mass shootings, we have been told this week, that is at least four people dead, occur every day in our land of promise. And then there is the fear that infects all of us. I was at an utterly civilized Thanksgiving dinner, having a conversation, and with the thought turned to refugees, and the comments were about how the refugees are an economic drain on our limited resources. There was no acknowledgement at the time of Lady Liberty and the reality that we are all immigrants of one sort or another. The same fear of refugees in particular 
and immigrants in general is being expressed in far less civilized ways, as you all know, in our political discourse by those seeking to tap into those fears in us, our fear, and so gain our support at the ballot box. We know at some deep, intuitive level that fear is overcome by love, that fear is overcome by familiarity through right relationships. Sometimes that monster under the bed is really a dust ball. We also know that while there are many good reasons to house refugees near each other, thus near necessary services that can be grouped together and so on, that it is all too easy for them and for uh, any immigrant groups, actually, to wind up uh, sectioned off, cordoned off in some ways from the rest of the society. I don't know of another church apart from ours who seek to enter into a ministry of friendship across boundaries with refugees. That was the vision of Barbara Thompson and others of you more than 25 years ago when you began this work. Yes, we do the regular work of resettlement, but more important is that what newcomers and especially refugees need above everything else is American friends. So our tutoring efforts are a means towards such friendship. In the current political climate, it's easy to see how this ministry is not just about welcoming the stranger in a strange land, but it's actually peacemaking. It's actually seeking something that overcomes fear and brokenness and trauma and violence in them and in us. And you who engage this ministry do it on behalf of all of us. I'm in the process of seeing whether we might be able to identify some funding sources for grants that would allow us to expand this ministry significantly in the near term. If you have any ideas about that, call me. <laughs> Those of you who engage this work know it's not easy, but it's enormously rewarding and incredibly important. In fact, righteousness or right relation is the vision of what happens when God acts to make salvation a reality for all people. And right relation is also not coincidentally the antidote to fear. When the universe is aligned toward the purposes of God, or in biblical language, when the glory of God is known in all the earth, then there is nothing of which we need be afraid. Nothing. We know the first fruits of that reality from time to time, even now, such as when a refugee is befriended. But Jesus makes another move that we must note here as we witness this great migration of people fleeing this horrific violence, and that is he reinterprets where we are to find the land of promise. As he does with the other great markers of Israel, the Torah and the temple, he says, in effect, what you have looked for and hoped for in the land of promise, you're not going to find in a land. You're going to find it in relation with me. Refugees and migrants the world over are looking for a better life, and I don't blame them. But arrival in Germany, France, Britain, or even here will not augur an easy life in a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, they might find a home, and yes, they might even find friends among the natives of their new land. But life is still going to be hard in so many ways. It's terrible being poor in America. But especially given that so many of these newcomers have been traumatized by the violence in their original homelands. What Jesus does is reinterprets even the land of promise as something that is now found in relation with him when at the Last Supper, 
a Seder-like meal, a meal that remembers how Israel was brought out of bondage and into the land of promise and created as a people. He calls the fruits of the land, the bread and the wine, he calls that his own body and blood. It's a very strange idea, actually. The stuff of life is now found in relation with Jesus. Our true home, our land of promise, is found in right relationship with him made incarnate wherever we find ourselves. The true way of salvation for all of us, forgiveness, life filled with meaning and purpose, the path to reasonable and holy hope, is found in relation with Jesus. I don't find the language of inviting Jesus into my heart terribly helpful, but when I think about the content of what is that relationship for me at this point in my life, I found it, it's, it's, it's found and expressed in gathering with you around the table for Holy Communion. I meet Jesus there. And I find it in thinking about Jesus in Scripture, preparing for sermons, reading, studying, theology. And I find also that my relationship with Jesus is made incarnate whenever I know that I am loved and therefore freed by grace to love others. Perhaps for those of you engaged in friendship with refugees, you will find your own relationship with Jesus is made incarnate there. For others of us, it will be found elsewhere. But in any event, if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, we will notice that we are granted the first fruits of the promise even now. In this season of waiting, preparation, we are waiting and preparing anew for a mighty act of God in the birth of a child. So think about on what relationship you might focus in the year to come. How, much you, how do you identify the content of your own relationship with Jesus when you say yes, yes, once again to life? What anxiety or fear might you seek to address and name in these days? What habit or compulsion would you like to change or shed how are you preparing the way of the Lord? How are you flattening out the ground so that everything can be seen and you can go safely home? For the words of the prophet in the mouth of John the Baptist are for all of us and forever. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain shall be made low, and all flesh all flesh shall see the salvation of God. In silence and in prayer, let us respond to the gospel, resolving to make our own way home through renewed relationship with Jesus, making peace, bearing witness to the reasonable and holy hope that is in us. Let us pray.